Welcome to the Blast From Cast From. That was a powerful intro. Did you feel that? We dialed Did down that... that power slightly. Oh, <laughs> that didn't <laughs> that didn't connect for you. That didn't engage. <laughs> that was like that was all. That was just your neck skin, wasn't it? <laughs> this is far back in the neck as you could get. It was the hairs speaking? Neck well, hairs. Oh right, on the back of the head. Oh yeah, the, and the code. Well, no. hey. All, all comments aside, this is the Blast From Cast From. This is the latest episode of the Blast From Cast From. My name is Walter Kaup. I will be your host once again. What is the Blast From Cast From? <laughs> uh, so, I will, I'm going to introduce my co-hosts uh, and I will ask them a question each. Tom Dickenhauer, first of all. Uh, coloured vinyl records. What about this? I, I don't... Mind them. I, I don't know what the purpose is. I guess it's to make excitement out of a uh, big disc. I feel. I feel. I feel sidelined. Sidelined. Sideswiped. What's the What's the expression? Blindsided by this. Uh, this sideblind. I feel sideblinded by this. Uh, just the side, um, like a horse with the blinders on. But I win the race. Um, so that question my, requires research. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Would I mean? Would it generally be? seen as something that would lower the quality of the record is that if, if it's that then i'll say hey anything that takes away from that sweet sound i i want to get rid of um and tim castlewood sports my other co-host how much is too much oh come on why does he get the good question how much how much is too much how much is, is this uh philosophical i wasn't prepared the answer is three yeah, go with that. There's no right answer here for either question, obviously. But the answer was three, yes. Um, so that's not what brings us here today. The topic at hand is Bad Boys, the movie. Uh, so this topic was inspired by a recent news article um, on BBC News titled Bad Boys 4, colon, Will Smith confirms sequel a year after Chris Rock slap. The question there was... Is that now the marker for everything that, the Will, that Will Smith does from now on? So something, something BS before slap. So an internet search, even now, if you search Will Smith, there you'll see there's kind of this, this still is the marker. So it's wins first major award since Oscars slap, etc., etc. Likewise for Chris Rock, actually. So it seems to be a marker on both their careers. That's unfortunate yeah that was uh that is gonna be quite an interesting thing i mean i feel influenced by that now because even watching this so we've we've seen things with him even like it was like a couple of weeks after i watched that the the film he actually won the oscar for and the whole time i'm just thinking oh he's the slappy guy and watching this infinitely more likable martin lawrence but what actually surprised me was he he got top villain old martin lawrence was this quite early on in old will smith's rise to power Hey, well, tell you what, you're jumping ahead. You're stealing all the interesting parts of the movie. What, if you, hey, if you want to get to the movie, right into it. Sorry. Um, that's right. fine. We can, so, we can move right into it. So, do we right. want to talk about how lotioned his hand was when he slapped uh, Chris <laughs> Rock? Okay. Let's, let's move on then. Right. We'll get into it. So every now and then, the blast from cast from will take a trip to the movies, a random film that will ordinarily star a music musician. A musician. And this one is obviously the musician in question as well, Smith. Uh, off we go to the movies. Bad Boys, directed by Michael Bay. It released 27 BOS, uh, which is 27 years before the Oscar slap. Starring 
Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. So, mid-90s, Martin Lawrence, bigger star in America apparently than Will Smith, it seems. Well, all, all I can say is that, um, like we're saying, the, the BOS um, timeline considered, but uh, the whole way through this film, like, I'm not a massive fan of Martin Lawrence, um, and he does get old quite quickly once you see his, his shtick, but uh, I don't know, it was in, in contrast of how I felt about not only Will Smith's character in this film, but the, the slappiness of the future. See, that's what I'm saying. I tried not to be, but I couldn't help but come in and wonder, is he is he thinking about slapping someone in this scene? Is he slapping someone in this scene? Is he going to slap that guy? I mean, you know, it's just ruined movies for me. But Martin Lawrence was actually quite likable in this film. He's a quite a, a genuine guy. And many times, he, he doesn't... He doesn't quite get the same respect that the character Will Smith's playing seems to have for himself, and it's like a, a kind of a one-way street of um, friendship. But uh, it made me like Martin Lawrence a lot more. But I don't know if that's informed by future events. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll just walk through the film, you know, the production, the direction, as well as potentially the acting um, and the overall where, where this stands in the history of cinematic motion pictures um so yeah martin Lawrence, top billing uh, the first scene kind of takes place in this gold tinted alternate reality um in miami the scene for a movie that's very exciting isn't it miami i wouldn't write a song about it but <laughs> was that was that this time no that's no, slightly it was it? quite a bit later i think yeah he wasn't as sh- he wasn't sure enough to be that musician releasing the songs about the film at this point, wasn't he? He was just sort of trying I, his hand. I think they sneaked a Will Smith song and probably a Jazzy Jeff number on for the credits at the end. I could be mistaken on that. I also thought it was them, but uh, it was oh, someone did you? else. Yeah, ah, right. It's it, it very much like it. Well, maybe he listened to that and went, "That's what I'll do now." <laughs> so this is potentially the if it's not the first time, it's one of the first times where he's not, you know. The Fresh Prince. This is this first steps in establishing himself as a Hollywood superstar, or that certainly seems to be the hope here. He was his arms were big enough to be believable for that role. So Fresh Prince wasn't jacked like that. He's so, been in the gym getting ready for this kind of action star. This is what he's going to do, isn't it? This is what he thinks he's going to do at this point: be an action star. It it must be. It's quite a sort of interesting decision isn't it from comedy to no i'm going to go straight well it's like a comedy action film i suppose it's sort of perfect bridge mm. for him to cross but he's done the work um because fresh prints to that it can't be that long although um, oddly enough he's like martin lawrence is like the comic i mean i know they've got both got yeah. some funny bits but martin lawrence so martin lawrence is doing what martin lawrence does and everything mm-hmm. that he's in i was kind of relieved by that watching it that the comedy was all sitting with him and Will Smith was not doing it because he's normally got the lines that Martin Lawrence has in a way. Yeah, he's, so, try, he's trying to play it kind of tough and cool and uh, you kind of see this, it's a long string of Will Smith doing the, yeah, big, you better get out of my business, uh, too cool for school guy and then he kind of loses the silliness but then there's a little there's a little glimpse of maybe irritation that he's not the funny guy, I don't know. I, I, it was an odd performance. I, I was, am I jumping ahead again? Am I going to get in trouble? Hey, that's all right. I was just gonna, I was just gonna ask you this first scene um, where they're in the car and the French fries and the, the banter, and then the the carjacking. What speed? What what do you, to your mind is being established here? So these were two carjacking fellas who their plan was: we're gonna wait for these guys to stop. I have a bickering argument at the side of the road. We're gonna send a 
short dress wearing lady to kind of get out of the car. They'll not notice she's come out of this car. She's going to walk in front of them. They'll be such leering beasts that they'll be distracted for a second that we can creep up behind their car and place guns in their face and then they pretend or they actually actually are still having their argument and then overpower the, 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 the assailants. And I'm assuming leaving this woman stranded. So don't know what happens to her character, but she's off. So uh, whether it was against her will or not, I was just baffled at this is a lot of what happens in this film. Stuff happens to happen in this film, but Fast and the Furious films exist after this, and this was, this is maybe what they watched. Whoever, who, yeah, in fact, this is um, this is like the the blueprint, the of blueprint for all those kind of films afterwards, isn't it? I didn't particularly mind it because I thought that it, it got you a quick idea, quick and to the point idea of where they are with each other, the dynamic of their friendship slash like working relationship um the tone of the film's set up as well you can tell it's got like a bit of actionness to it by the sort of way it looks and the way it's being shot and then there's the comedy as well and yeah it's like sort of hyper real in the way with the the way that they're getting like robbed and the way that they deal with them rather effortlessly as well just sort of sets it up to be like this is the kind of film this is going to be and you know what you're in for from that point I thought it was all right for like a for an action film. I kind of thought, yeah, this is okay. And I also laughed at one of the jokes in the car as well. So that was like a minute and a half in, and they actually made me laugh, which I um, which I enjoyed. And I imagine they probably sold a couple of thousand units of uh, Porsches off the back of just the opening few minutes alone to some people with enough money to to buy such things. There was a storyline that unfolds over the film that Will Smith's character um, Mike. His is from wealthy a wealthy background, and that unless there's something I missed, that just seemed purely to exist so that they could show off some expensive stuff. It it definitely elevated the sets and all of the coutrements, his clothes and stuff like that, and then a lot of it happens at his abode in the film, uh, which is just beautiful. And then Martin Lawrence's house, though, is stunning as well. Next up was some sort of complicated luge heist, and these are obviously the bad guys. French. There we go. I didn't realize. Like, uh, I was just, he's just not American for like the entirety of that film. Who's this not American guy? Um, but bootmarking um, luge heist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they seem to escape with all the, the gear and with themselves out there. There was uh, like a toboggan doodah um, that somehow worked for them what i what i did enjoy about this i don't know the actor's um name checky cario um he's been in a few things he was golden eye um the story of joan of arc nostradamus la femme nikita so i i, I did recognize his face from stuff oh no like i recognize him i just don't yeah. have no idea what his name was my point being that he both he and tia leone must have thought they were in different films because they're acting does not match this film. His has got an unnecessary in intensity. There's a bit where he like headbutts a guy, and whether the actor was like, "Oh, this is great intense stuff." If you're making bad boys, you know it's not Shakespeare, and it's definitely not worth doing a kind of Godfather level of "I got to be intense right now." And we'll get to Tiglione in a minute, but uh, this guy just—I think it was—he must have thought he was still in France making some sort of epic. But uh, I kind of enjoyed it because it, it really was chalk and cheese, oil and water, but. As a bad guy, he was baffling to me, but that's just me. Hey, I, I love the French, really. Ted, yeah. <laughs> there's a close-up of his teeth at one moment. Oh, 
You liked that, did you? It just surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is established. You've got your good guys, your bad guys. You know, this is all very action movie. I mean, it's dysfunctional. Well, hold it? on a second. You've got your good boys and your bad boys. Correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you're introduced to the home of Marcus Burnett, which is uh, Martin Lawrence's character. And there's they introduce this long-running joke that um, he's married and finding it very difficult to engage in sexual intercourse. Well, going by what Tim said in the little intro about his enjoyment of the intro, I wasn't disliking the intro, I just saying it was an insane setup. But there's little things like they're trying to go for a Tubbs and Crockett from Miami Vice and Lethal Weapon style, these are the buddies. But the bit that made me laugh was that he got a phone call from his sergeant or the captain to like come in at this guy's house where he doesn't live. But he knew he was going to be there. It's like much, much like I was talking about earlier on, which is things happen so that they may happen. This so, was ridiculous. Yeah, this, Will Smith sits down at the breakfast table, very familiar, and yeah, I think you've you've just said it. This is lethal weapon at this point. This is this is very reminiscent of at least a, a few scenes from that old lethal weapon franchise, where it's kind of the the you know the the single guy goes and visits the the married guy, and they're quite you know they're quite friendly. It'll never be that beautiful love love story. Over four films. That's the most epic love story there's ever been. Riggs and Murtoff. Can you get a more purer love? Name me one film with purer love. <laughs> exactly. So these are police cops. Um, we were then shown their place of work, which is an incredibly blue police station. Was it like a visual cute? Cute would be like, this is cop place. The like blue for blue. police. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, it, it was the, the, where the, the heist had happened, the luge heist. The luge heist was also blue. The luge heist was blue at night, and then this was daytime blue. So it does it does emerge that the the luge heist was from the police uh, office. This is where we're introduced to Joe Pantliano's character. God, what's his name? Shouty Captain. man. Shouty <laughs> man is displeased with everything. Wait a minute. Joe Pantliano plays what? He's Captain Captain Howard. Um, is Joe, and he yeah he's displeased with this. They have apparently well. I mean, there's obviously more to this, but they at this point apparently 72 hours before the FBI come in, otherwise they're gonna, I don't know, shut down the police. That was that was happening there. It must be irritating being the FBI. You get this like constant having to be the threat of ah, oh, like the police are investigating this thing in these. Well, this is in movies, I know, but police I, are investigating I feel like this. The X Files <laughs> was the only time they were ever good guys. In yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. but or or you get sucked into the Black Lodge and basically lose the prime of your life. <laughs> But that's what I mean, though. FBI is always the threat of, oh, they're going to shut us down and they, they're going to come in and clean up or whatever. It's like, they're still the police. The, the crime will get solved. What is this strange? Like, it's not like, oh, in 72 hours, we're going to light everything on fire. That's a threat. Um, other police coming in to sort of finish off what you are unable to do isn't a threat. It's just really selfish. This matter should be escalated to the appropriate people to take care of it. But um, that's not what they want to do. So the, the clock is ticking. They've got a certain amount of time, and obviously over the next course of events, they're introduced to some characters who are going to help them connect the dots, one of whom is uh, Michael Imperioli uh, of uh, Chris from The Sopranos fame. Looking about 12 as well. My goodness, this is even that long before The Sopranos. He looks like a little boy. But he was in um, Goodfellas like maybe five years before. and He's, he's spider in that, and he looks younger... <laughs> In this than he did in good. There was an aging process between ninety five and ninety nine. Oh, yeah. um, there was an escalation there. 
He um he didn't age well then. <laughs> um so he's some sort of tire tire garage guy who's also an informant. Um he's connected in some way. Um and then Mike Will Smith's character goes to speak to some sort of supermodel boxer, um, who is also an escort, as it turns out. Is that right? Yes. All boxes tick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she's got a heart of gold. Of She's course, she comes across as someone who basically had perfect handwriting from the age of five and has passed every test in her life. But somehow she's ended up in a <laughs> boxing ring and escorting guys who have taken a couple of what is it they call? Oh, he's had a couple of speed balls. That's all. And she's <laughs> like, all right, fine. <laughs> the weirdest setup to just go around and have fun with this guy. This madam uh, setting someone up for failure. You're going to go. And for $2,000, go and see a psychopath, basically. It was very, very strange. Uh, I did enjoy that setup. Like, uh, we need you to go over there because the plot needs to happen. So um, go to this really dangerous location. Bring a friend who has no, no connection to this life. Put her in danger. Um, and, you know, you probably won't even be able to get it up, baby. I mean, that's the next key plot point. There's some onion peeling of the characters awkwardly squeezed in between those two moments. Well, first of all, you've got the ventilation guy who gave them the ventilation plans that turns up to have been shot for some time. Now, uh, can I interject for a second here, right? So can I be excused from... Uh, what I'll do is I'll probably complain about the real-world ramifications of you couldn't have two guys randomly going in a crime scene stepping over everything because it just becomes null and void. That point. They're poking around, lifting up bloody hands and all sorts. We'll pretend because it's a Michael Bay film, that doesn't matter, and you can joke about vomity maggot necks and things like that it's for the film it's for the comedy but the whole time i was thinking these guys are ruining this crime scene that's all i could think of but maybe i'm just a loser so on the way from this crime scene this is where it's kind of the the backstory about um mike's parents having lots of money and he kind of gets the question thrown at him um about you know is he just playing around because he he likes doing this kind of thing um but he emphatically tells martin lawrence that he gets up and takes it to the max every day. The Pepsi Max, and then opens a can. <laughs> glug, glug, glug. It was a bit petulant as well. Like, you don't think it was he's driving, like, was he driving his Porsche? This was the, this was the Porsche, yeah. Yeah. You don't think I'd take it to the, what was it? Take it to the max every morning. It's, I, how can you be this guy's friend? He doesn't have a positive quality at this point. Because apart from, like, maybe some banter, he's very abusive to, to Mike. Uh, oh no! Uh, what was Martin Lawrence's character again? Marcus. Marcus. He's very well, abusive to Marcus. You're, you're right to get confused because the. Oh, we'll get that to that plot point. My oh, goodness. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, and then but, the I mean, can I can I say as well? This is actually number one. I mean, we're going to get to it, but this is number one. The reason I always avoided this film because I hated it when I first watched it, and this piece of this plot was so ridiculous. It gave me a funny feeling. I was like, I don't, it's not like it was confusing or anything. It's just like the most stupid thing. That it just stopped me for years from watching this. And I think this is genuinely probably the first time in about 12 years since I've watched this film. But it's for that reason. So yes, now um, Max, who is the, the model uh, boxer escort, uh, brings Tia Leone uh, along, puts her in grave danger. Uh, yeah, just talk us through what's what's going on here. For me, okay, if I may talk through. It's a very neat setup. Drugged up guys is, you know, so obnoxious that Tia Leone has to go to the bathroom to get away from him for a second because she doesn't want to stay there longer than a second, but came all the way there with the information ahead of time that this is a basically a guy on speedballs or whatever. 
uh, her mate putting her in grave danger and then obviously conveniently goes away so that her friend can be left alone with a psychopath. Uh, I would never do that. <laughs> Don't care how much I want to leave a place and be like, let's just go. But I'll go and pretend to powder my nose while you're just left with a psycho. And then it gets worse because the luge criminals come in um, and he's just displayed it with still the evidence tag on it, the big block of cocaine. Working girls or not, there's still women with eyes who would notice that and be able to report back to someone maybe. Uh, he's very casual um, and kept on going about the alcohol. Oh, so much like things that happen that have to happen. Hey, this is the Al Capone suite with uh, with secret passageways to get away. You know, this is the Al Capone suite. Um, and those passageways are to get away sometimes. And let's just have the rest of the scene is what they said. But um, I'll, you can take it from there. No, nothing nothing really to, to add. There's no surprises in this scene whatsoever. From the moment she goes to the toilet, you are waiting for the rest to play out, which it does in due course. Precisely. So things go bad. Um, T. Leone, her, her character, Julie, uh, escapes and um, witnesses all the stuff, including her friend, the, the boxer model, getting shot. So it's heroin, not cocaine that's Ca- in the... Sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to step in. I'm going to have to step in again. Now, this may be a thing I noticed. It could be just that it was the 90s and, you know, rarely do you see... I mean... No woman on film really has gotten the guy in Robocop treatment when he's he's told to hold up Ed 209 and gets jam-bodied, right? But this woman's shot several times, and I don't think her, her, even her dress got mussed a little bit. Was that just like, is that a directorial choice, or was it too... She got a little bit of blood on the cheek, and even in the crime scene later on when they lift the blanket, I was like, little smear of blood on the cheek and perfect white dress as she lies... Um, fallen, but I was like, I would respect it more. Between the 80s and the 90s, yeah. (laughs) On a slightly different note as well, because it was touched on a moment ago by our host, that the drugs, they're sort of being, like the heroin's there on the table as if it's cocaine. He's just like, hmm, have some of this. And it's like, well, what, like with a spoon and a needle or what? What other stuff are you going to do with this? It like it's as if they didn't know what drug they were meant to have. Is this the, the is this the speedball that's being referred to? Is this? I mean, this is obviously not. It's, not is our that run. what it is? Because that's the two of them mixed together, I believe. And so he needed also to have a lot of cocaine because he had a lot of heroin. So speedball, powerball, or over under is an umbrella term used to describe the polydrug mixture of a stimulant and a depressant. So. Um, common stimulants and depressants used for recreational drug use include cocaine or amphetamine with heroin, morphine, and or fentanyl. Well, so, I mean, given a guy who likes speedballs a kilogram of heroin... is Unwise. It's, it's, it's unwise, but it's also a bit of a burden. He's got, they've got to go and find a kilogram of cocaine. <laughs> so this is the last thing I needed, and he starts on the heroin and he can't be bothered doing anything. Okay, so obviously Will Smith finds his gym buddy, I mean, largely unmarked given the circumstances. And then, you know, he's very upset by that whole thing. Um, and then, what happened? So I must admit, I think I got distracted this moment and I didn't understand what the next scene was. So um, the next scene, he goes to investigate something. I, did, I, I don't know. I just, it, was a, it was an odd scene to basically set up the next thing that happened. And then was... he is taken out, which <laughs> is very key to the, um, the bizarre <laughs> side plot um, of this whole movie, which becomes, it almost becomes the plot of the movie, this. It's so ingrained in the rest of it that this is like what the movie is. So what, what is Bad Boys? It's some sort of reverse identity, switched identity film. 
this has happened in something else, but I couldn't recall the film. Something like this has happened before. It's like, oh, I'm I'm this guy, but so he's like pretend to be somebody's mate. It was ringing bells, but I just couldn't remember what comedy film or what hijinks film of. You're not really who you say you're, guy. I mean, I'm, there's there's always you know secret of my success or someone where someone's pretend to be in a position they're not in or or even um, Tootsie or things like that. But this is like this seemed familiar, like. You pretend to be me, and I'll be the other guy. It didn't feel like it was fresh from this film, or it's it's definitely been done in something else. Yeah. So, um, Julie, um, I'm, are we happy for me to just refer to them by the actors' names? So we know we're talking about. Uh, so Taylor phones phones up the police, uh, hoping to get Mike. Um, she gets uh, Captain Howard, um, who just a poor decision maker overall, um, has to hand uh, Marcus who he then gets to pretend in that phone conversation to be Mike. Because she obviously trusts Mike because her I friend can, who I, took her, her friend yes, who she should have never trusted <laughs> knew Mike. She insists on having the one police officer who asked her friend to go and take on this Nancy Drew mission, which wind up getting her killed. So yeah, that was odd. Can I also point out the thing that bothered me the most about this? It's going to surprise you. She has no idea what Mike Larry sounds like or acts like. So that's not something he needs to kind of address over the phone. But for some reason, they kind of half does an impression of this person she's never so, met. So, yeah, um, <laughs> Captain Howard asks him to be sexy or something. Just, yeah, to try and get be smooth. But exactly, he just doesn't know. I have never met this person before in her life. But he doesn't know that she hasn't met him. Well, this, is all gonna, all, this is all going to fall <laughs> apart quickly if that was the case. <laughs> hey, no, the whole thing makes sense. <laughs> Don't you do this. <laughs> well, if you look at it this way, actually. For that one moment, it's passable. After that, hmm. Um, you'll have to talk me through this as well. Was she already there? No, she she was at her apartment. He went to her apartment. She had a very similar looking apartment. You are forgiven. So yeah, I was sorry, confused because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so she snuck in to ask for this guy's place yeah. that she's already at. But so it was he like did go and Miami. collect her somewhere um, yeah. and uh, took her to Mike's apartment. Um, but in in between, they run into the bad guys who are st- uh, staking it out uh, outside. So the apartment is owned by. What was her name who got killed? Do we remember? Um, Max. So Max, th- this Tia Leone is Max's roommate. And Tia Leone is uh, an aspiring photographer, but no work. So no money. She's probably, you know, struggling for the rent. Max is going on Nancy Drew heroin missions uh, for extra money. The apartment is incredible. There's no justification for the quality of this apartment. It's like an art deco sort of the sort of place where you would sell perfume. You know, like you would take photographs in this place for marketing campaigns. This, um, (laughs) I was just going to say, you're probably going to say the same thing, but I think it's just a lot of uh, this is the thing that needs to happen at this location with these actors because we like the way they looked. Well, it looked great for some slow motion shotgun jumpings and um, shooting, shooting everywhere. Including directly into a restaurant. I loved that. That was hilarious. There was no effort to even aim. Another thing that's a theme of this film is people with someone dead to rights. The aim on these people is like an like an eighteen twenties pistol. It's just all over the place. So 
Uh, that's another thing I want to discuss, that nobody, even if you're right in front of them, can shoot directly at you. So that's another amazing uh, physics for this this things that happen that need to happen kind of film. But it sounds like I'm complaining, but I, this is genuinely probably more of a joy than any film I've watched in the last sort of five, six years. Yeah, and I'm glad that you you got a little bit of positivity there because we are sort of sitting going, uh-huh, blah, 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 and this and that. But like, it is actually entertaining in a way that um, its modern contemporaries are not. Even with all these plot holes and failures and stuff like that, at this point in the film, I was still like happy to be watching it. Maybe I'm alone in that. I would oh, say, yeah, yeah, three, I, I, three I, boys I, enjoyed it. This, um, yeah, so it was, if this, if this came out, now it would be getting the, the Top Gun Maverick treatment, I think, <laughs> in terms of, well, here's just an action film. So not huge. I mean, there's some discussion about the fact that it might have got his license plate, but not immediate concern that that would connect him to his own None. house. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> at not all. Never comes up again. <laughs> yeah. Managed to trace her from tenuous, yeah. like nothing. Really, apart from the fact that she was with another girl, and they, they might have, they wouldn't have known anything about her either. Like they maybe went through her bag or something like that, found out where she lived. But yeah, I I know what you mean. They they mentioned that, and I'm thinking he's going to have to go to his house with this woman. That's not where he goes. Um, Will Smith does return. Um, shortly after, and they speak to their captain. Um, Joe Pantliano, who's playing uh, basketball with a cigar in his mouth, and they knew to meet him there. They knew to meet him. This is his. This is his activity. He's obviously doing that quite a lot. Uh, quite an unhinged person. Captain loves a Thursday smoking hoops. Uh, we know where to go. Head injury or not. Um, there was like a, an impatience, but he was doing a very recreational activity. <laughs> Like you gotta, you gotta solve this case. But he's sweating with a cigar in a the gym. There was—I don't know if there's a message there or something. I don't know what was going on. I mean, there's also an opportunity here to just say, right, we've got, we've got the witness. Let's just like sort this out, and you know, you go te- just tell her the truth. She'll probably understand. He, he, we now have Mike here, so you know, end of story. It's and is the while this is going on as well, his department is being investigated to the extent that they're about to get shut down. <laughs> In a matter of hours, according to him, at least um, a day ago. <laughs> I love uh, Joe, like, uh, what is it, Pantliano, or is that how I you say I believe that's name? how it's pronounced, Pantliano. Pantliano, heard him say it. excellent intensity. I always enjoy him in things, and he did not disappoint. He, did, uh, he Like, vein on the side of the head, everything was right. It's perfect. So, yeah, they, they keep up the ruse. Um, Martin Lawrence goes back to the apartment wearing um, what looked like a fishing vest, obviously 90s fashion. Um, and then there's a strange scene where he kind of denies being gay or something. Again, hey, 90s. So actually, I've got a bit, my notes seem to be a bit muddled here. So I've got weird scene with T. Leone pointing a gun at the computer, um, looking at the the, the what, what do you call it what's that what, when it's like mug shots whatever that thing is do police officers have that like a direct link into the police database I wouldn't from have thought they, they Deco <laughs> homes <laughs> he's not they do not Bruce Wayne like he's like a sort of cross between Bruce Wayne and just someone really irresponsible like uh, his little cupboard full of guns she's just in there whenever she fancies it and he gets a gun out uses it like a pen 
Then the next note is nightclub bag over the head in the toilet, and that is the big um, the big fight scene that they so they go to this club. Um, that was quite. That went from being quite an intense thing because I think this, that things like that have happened in other action films. It's like the buddy in a precarious situation and quite harrowingly a plastic bag over his head being choked. But what made it more funny for me was that he, there's a, a played for laughs bit where he's kind of banging on the wall, which is a see through wall. His buddy who doesn't notice him is like, so that's a toilet you can just see into yep. where people piss. <laughs> yep. Like, I wasn't thinking, oh, silly, hilarious. I was thinking, there's two things that are wrong with this. Nobody notices this. And also, in a regular night, someone's watching you absolutely steam one off. That's just even weirder. Imagine that speedball guy, like, licking the fishbowl, looking through in the toilet. <laughs> fishbowl? Fish tank. <laughs> I was like, what other things were there? But that's 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 just, that, that just shows you, what I'm, the details I pick up are just weird things like that, where it's like, Okay, so you're having a drink and you lean over and there's just some hairy guy with his trousers around his ankles having a right big fat piss. It is well named, aptly named Club Hell. Club Hell, yeah, and it, it had the um, a little bit of the Matrix treatment with that sort of neo gothic stuff going on in there as well. I hate pre pre Matrix, pre Matrix, yes, of yeah. So I mean, what's being achieved here? This is just to get the thing moving again, get the the main bad guy to see T. Leone, who, as you say, is allowed into the, the guns and brings one with her and tries to shoot uh, your bad guy there. And then they drive off in a truck of extremely flammable ether. I know they're like they're suggesting that Will Smith's some sort of action star. He's he's grabbing whole barrels of full liquid ether and tossing them like they're pillows. Uh, unless you're the rock, and even then, I don't think he could do that. That's like world's strongest man boulders on the top of the pillar thing. He was just tossing them like they were they were empty, which they probably were. But like even I, I, this is why I hate being me because my brain works like this: see through toilet walls, and that would probably be really heavy and wouldn't be able to throw them. But hey, a crazy action scene where they're driving a truck that could blow up at any moment. But luckily, these guys can't shoot for shit, so nobody ever gets blown up apart from the bad guys. So it does blow up, and um, apparently Noah um, comes to an end there. I was struggling to recall who Noah was in the grand scheme of things. Can you remind me? You know I have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> um, then there's another DVD outtake, must be. This scene where they're in the what the Americans would call a liquor store, um, what we would call an off-license over here. But it's a very interesting off-license, and there is... <laughs> A misunderstanding with the with the clerk there, the clerk, the owner of the the store, who then says, "I blow you," um, you know, there you go. What was this scene for? Laughs, hearty, hearty laughs. It, I mean, this is maybe one of the most nineties thing. Store owner doesn't speak English and says something silly like, "I'm gonna blow you," and you sons of mother bitches, or whatever the. The comedy was. All I could think of was that's that's two. Oh, so that's three Sopranos people I've seen in this so far. So, um, who was this person? He's he's I, and even more of a six degrees of Kevin Bacon. He's actually in a scene with Joe Joey Pants Joe Pantolano, uh, where he antagonizes him uh, with Jackie Junior. That's just, I, I just <laughs> that's my weird noticing things. Uh, but yeah, that that store owner was in the Sopranos as a a bit part. He gets beaten up by. Uh, the captain of this film, sorry, um, DVD extras. Yeah, you're right, though. The scene doesn't progress anything. They don't come out of that with anything that they didn't go into it with. 
It's like a road to nowhere, that scene, come to think of it. It did pass me by. So, Tealione's figured the whole thing out. She talks about the, the smoothness of um, of Mike, or, or of Mar- who she thinks is... <laughs> well, who she... Yeah, okay. Who she knows is Mike, but pretends is Marcus for the purpose of this conversation. For what reason she doesn't just go, do you know what? I've figured it out. All right, just stop it. She, she, she likes not to do that. Why? So that the plot can happen. But even the what, what scene... plot? To this no, no, point? no. <laughs> as in the, the the plot of filling in the gaps to have a plot that fills in an hour. Almost, it's actually almost two hour long film. Um, just so they can have a bit of a you slept with my wife confrontation that doesn't really add anything to the film. At one point, the wife of of Marcus sort of calls out to Mike in the in the back garden, and Mike's solution is to, to basically drown his friend for like five seconds. When if she looked out. At what he was doing, he was in the back garden, almost naked, with a with a man in a small pool, dunking his head underwater. What was what was the? Why did he need to put his head under? Anyway, I'm going to yeah, stop. Through this, just... through, through this conversation, um, Mike seems to ascertain. Sorry, Marcus. You see, I'm getting confused now. Uh, Marcus seems to ascertain. Marcus, who's being Mike? Wow. Gets <laughs> the idea that Mike, who's being Marcus, um, is sleeping with. Uh, Mike, who's being Marcus, and so he goes to so Mark Mike so Marcus who's being Mike goes to Marcus's house where Mike is pretending to be Marcus, um and then yes so then gets drowned in the pool or gets his head dunked in the pool by uh, Mike is that clear enough crystal clear so the bad guys did have the license plate and they were staking out the house so he should have been worried this was the next thing so they they, they two they have a so they have a fight in the front yard, Mike and Marcus, um, but then the two cops who are buddies of our two cops uh, discover that these bad guys are staking out Marcus's house and they take him in. So he should have been worried all those however many hours ago that they were going to get his... Um, so this could have all been done and dusted. And if they Just that the bad guys had moved a little quicker on this whole thing, um, there might have been a different outcome. But then the rest of the plot wouldn't have happened. Precisely. So they need to find out who can cut heroin. Um, Michael Imperioli apparently has some sort of clue, and then there's a very aggressive... Will Smith turns aggressive on him at this point. This was also an odd scene. Not much to say other than the logic of this makes no sense. So um, (laughs) we we enjoyed this film, but the... Michael Imperioli's character, whatever his name is, Rubber Boy, Rubber Eddie or something, uh, he is threatened with getting shot in the back of the head by a cop in the middle of his shop and Martin Lawrence sort of wailing in the background convinces him that Mike is crazy and might actually do it, but like continues very close down the corridor. Oh, anyway, what am I He's doing? He's a terrible policeman, isn't he? He shouldn't oh, yeah. be a policeman. This is, He's yeah, awful. This is like a rich kid who is playing at being a policeman. This is this is playing out. It's not making us sympathetic towards him, this behaviour, isn't it? He's, he's got Psychotic. Um, confidential information just keeping in his flat that he's letting anybody have a look at and point a gun at. <laughs> a cupboard of guns made out of wood with a... with a Well, not even a lock, just like you'd open up like you had mints in there. That's another thing he's got in his, his little flat. And then he behaves in this manner um, to informants who he's going to presumably need at some point again. I mean, he's been useful a couple of times here. And now this, this is just not forward thinking. It's not. And it also shows that you can plan a luge heist. It doesn't necessarily mean you're very good at organizing the um, cutting of heroin. 
You can yeah, be terrible left, at one and end, fantastic at the other. <laughs> just a, very much a loose end that just was not taken care of. And um, our bad guy does seem unhinged, but... Um, yeah, the bad guy's unhinged and also very much a one-and-done guy. He plans a lo- long, elaborate luge heist. And this may be jumping ahead, but he also kills his chemist. And it's like, well, after this deal, was, is he going to retire? I was, this looks like a man who doesn't enjoy anything. But he's basically just like hell for leather. I just didn't get it. It was just very much cutting ties so that uh, the next thing, oh, what am I doing again? I'm poking holes in this plot. Well, well we're, we're jumping ahead. Um, they continue with this this ruse for whatever reason, even though everybody's fed up of it. Um, but then uh, Marcus's wife sees them on the news. And then I don't, I don't know what she put together here. Oh, this is where I got lost. I must have missed something. Even though I watched the film... Oh, and, and a little little aside for me, uh, it was a feature I did not know actually was possible on Netflix, but I watched it at 1.2 speed, so I got through it quite, quite quicker than the average pair. But even that, even I missed um, at that, that pace, I missed why she, So he had, I'm assuming he had told her, rather than just being honest with his wife, because I'm assuming the wife of a policeman could still be kind of let into, like, I need to go undercover, something's come up, this is the reason... Uh, but he's like, I'm going to Cleveland and my partner's going to live with you because I think the neighborhood's unsafe. Ruse to put on top of he's pretending to be another man and also convince his wife he isn't having an affair. Ruse. There's so many layers on this cake. It just isn't even a cake anymore. It's just a pile of filling. Communication in a marriage, key to key to all elements of it, including having your wife turn up to the um, witness in somebody else's flat. So, the, yeah, his wife does turn up Um then there is a big shootout that ensues. A lot of slow motion, double guns. Um, Flowers getting it. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like They were basically in a hallway that was very, very straight. They were in front of each other. Uh, Tia Leone was in front of these French guys. Even if they'd raised their gun slightly off the floor, they might have hit her with a ricochet. It was that close. Uh, it was would have been that easy. But the, the, the shootout just begins and there's like, Flower Pot gets it. The doors of the elevator get it, pillars get it. No human body is struck here on either end. And I just, I miss action films like this in a way because it's just get to the shooting and as long as it can continue past real logic, you're having a good time. Really, I don't have a problem with it. And they're only, uh, so they want to kill her because she was a witness to a murder. Um, But by this point, people within his operation have been taken into police custody and talked. But they still kidnap her. Like they've named him. And yeah, they're still trying to kill her. It's like, well, that jigs up. Can I Uh, I also say the mastery in this as well? Like we're talking about things we did enjoy about this film. But if you actually look at it, it's like quite quite a complex mathematical setup. Even though we're like silly things need to happen. If you look at the before scene, right? So they're getting ready to leave before Marcus's wife turns up, right? And for some reason, that means that Will Smith has his shirt open. But we see the mastery of that. That allows him to be caught off guard so that later on, when he is having a chase scene, he's running, not shirtless, but showing off his muscles running down the street. That was set up in that scene. And that's mastery of the visual arts. So at least this, this film is really thinking about Two steps down the line. Listen, we got to show yeah. off that body of yours. This How was, am I going to uh, be open shirt running? Yeah. This was like where it was. It was like an episode of Miami Vice, except Will Smith was both Crockett and Tubbs, and Martin Lawrence was just Martin Lawrence. But his wife loves him. Of course. No, you'd be screaming your head off. 
So this is a big disaster. Captain Sinclair. So she's a captain, but she is allowed to tell the other captain that he's been reassigned. Um, and so have the, the job, a lot of them have been reassigned uh, to another case. But obviously that means nothing to someone that keeps confidential information in their own apartment. Oh, in between this, sorry. It turns out there was a mole in the police station. That's how they managed to get a lot of the details. Oh, sorry, this station. actually becomes one of my favourite scenes. It turns we'll out to, to be uh, <laughs> to be Francine, who has been introduced earlier in the film. Sorry. I, I think it's maybe because I'd seen it before that I kind of I remembered a little bit of this side storyline, like her looks to everybody throughout the film, because that actress is in a, in a lot of stuff, but she always looks like she's, she's on the brink of breaking down into some horrible confession that the whole film, I'm like, she's done something weird. Is she like the, and then they mentioned a mole, I'm like, oh, it's that blonde wifey. But the setup for her, it's like, they took some lewd pictures of her, this poor mother uh, and they're going to post it at a child's elementary school or something if she if she doesn't do what they say. It gives some information about a drug deal or something. But like, there's this big confession of hers and she's so apologetic. She's like, I'm sorry, I've, I've never put you in danger. And Will Smith's character, who has not endeared me through the whole film, walks off, pissed off, and dismissively hands her a hanky. <laughs> like, take this, you woman. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> no redeeming qualities for this Mike character. Uh, at least Marcus, is, he's kind of sullen and, and a bit uh, um, reserved in the background. But yeah, the Mike character's not doing me any favours for likability. It's just the stupidest thing. Like, hanky. It was just, yeah, odd. Anyway, sorry. Moving on. Right, so yeah, they ignore the fact they've been reassigned and then they turn up at this $180 million drug deal involving a um, moustached guy in a white suit. Sorry, the, the heroin has been cut. Have we? Have I skipped over where the chemist's been? What was the chemist being killed by? I think I've, have I, I have skipped over Yeah, that over was there, just I? like an, an off-handed line of like, I've killed my chemist, which stopped me in my tracks. So I thought, so you've got no future business model. You did this gigantic heist for one and done. To then make a deal with, I'm assuming he's got previous connections to this white suit guy who, uh, an airport hanging in the most ridiculous set. I, we're not even <laughs> going to get to the set of what happens, but he then like kills that guy. But it's like, what? yeah, we've been set up. It's like, you've been chased by Will Smith and uh, Martin Lawrence through this whole film that their characters are now showing up. You think that this guy had anything to do with it? Is it just to be like, this guy's so unhinged he doesn't even know what a, a, a deal idiot. is? Yeah, he's a complete idiot. idiot. He doesn't kill her. He kills the chemist. Yeah. Keeps her alive and oh. then phones them. I'm going to finish off this deal, but I'm going to keep this woman alive. And you almost think that on the phone they're going to be like, why? Big uh, shootout. Um, more ether involved. Explosions. Um, slow motion rolling and jumping. Um, money and drugs set on fire. And it's all taking place in this airport uh, hangar. Guy gets shot into into an electric board and catches on fire. This is this was chaos. No, like, can I quickly? Because obviously, there's a bit in the car with that moustache guy. He says he wants to lick her ears, and then there's another bit where that fat guy is like stood guarding her, and he's like, "What do you got an itch?" Because she like gets the the handcuff keys out, and he's like, "I'll scratch anything you want me to." It's this weird, pointless dialogue. <laughs> I don't know why. If it was just improperly included, but it just made no sense. Uh, and I don't know if it's just to be like, yeah, yeah, make sure these guys die. But you're not, you're not expecting shotgun into an electric box. But also, in the middle of a firefight, quietly distracted someone, someone by going, hey, even though you got my buddy dead to rights in your sights, I'm going to quietly stay behind you. Hey, what's up or something? You'll turn around and go, oh, no, I've been caught out. 
and then get shot yourself and go flying fat into an electrical box. But hey, what 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 is what what is action? What is comedy? This film has it all. Yeah, I agree. It was chaos. You couldn't figure out what was going on. It was just guns shooting bullets everywhere. But I liked the lead up to this with the two counterpart cops on the steps. We're we're going along with this thing. Good chance you might die. And they're like, we're in. Sort of thing. <laughs> Go along and back yeah. them up. Worst sales and pitch ever. But... <laughs> it's obviously terrible. And one of them just runs away at one point. Did you also like the fact that the, the, the white suit guy literally went, what do you think about this fast car I've got here for some reason? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was another. Uh, this is obviously going to play some part. The actual, the climax of the climactic scene is the two pretty cars, you know, on a, in a race to a sliver of space between a wall. Didn't quite understand what the unavoidable wall here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just logic out the window at this point. Also, the speed they were going and the amount that guy, the French guy, crashed, and he runs away jauntily. Possibly one of my favorite moments in cinema. That I just was like, all right, f- it. <laughs> <laughs> I, my brain even gave up. It was like, yeah, okay. And it wasn't like I was having a problem with it. Like some of the stuff I watch nowadays where my brain just goes, it shuts down and goes, you need to stop watching this or you will, you'll you'll forget what the number four is. It was like, just enjoy it. And I know people say, oh, switch off your brain and enjoy it. But like this was actually a, a version, a real life version of that where my brain literally threw up its hands. It was like, don't ask another question. Just enjoy the warm bath. So I enjoyed it. So doesn't this this the high speed smash into the wall doesn't kill this indestructible individual? He crawls out, um, and then there's an opportunity for obviously Will Smith's irredeemable, incompetent uh, policeman to make a life or death decision to not take this guy's life. So this is this is where the, your your sort of roles, the, your leads are switching about here. So does it now is now Will Smith? Uh, your main person, so um, Martin Lawrence convinces him to not do it, and then obviously, well, yeah, he's just the. the can I, whoever can is Mike Lowry <laughs> is the lead. Can I also say, and just to compare it to another film, which is actually the four, fourth installment of what this is trying to be, right? There's a scene at the end of Lethal Weapon Four where Mel Gibson's character and Danny Glover's character—that's Riggs and Murtaugh—pretending like I don't know what they're called. Uh, but they basically have the bad guy in a moment where there's the two of them and he's like wounded um, or like his his brother's been killed and obviously he's really angry and he's he's about to sort of fight with them. And Murtaugh's like, hey, let's not do this. It's not worth dying for because we're old men, whether we can kick his ass or not. And it's not worth finding out. And the old rigs, obviously, that old gunslinger is like, no, I need to find out if I'm still if I've still got. And it's quite a it's a silly comedy buddy cop film, but it's, it is actually a really good moment where they're like, Let's see, and there's logic in that. Where this didn't, this bad boys version didn't pull it off because it was like, "Hey man, it's okay, just leave him. Let's let's go elsewhere." It's like, well, get the cuffs on him and do an, an arrest. It was like, turn your back on a guy on the ground, whether he's wounded or not. There's no Miranda rights or anything. I should stop doing this. All right, they ruined a crime scene. But what I mean is, there's just there's there's silly and there's really silly. But this is the only bit I was like, okay, is this just to show glint in the eye? Will Smith, I am the star. Bang, 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 bang. Was that the was that the logic? Because I can't, I couldn't really figure out what it was. There was thankfully like an over, like a sort of look down shot, a high angle shot after that, where I just was trying to figure out the physics of the light and the reflection and how the light passes 
there's like a glare off the gun that the bad guy pulls out that goes across Martin Lawrence's face, which is Will Smith's cue to um, to execute this criminal. But it's difficult to to figure out how that light got there on his face. <laughs> Again, I, I'm impressed that you your brain did try and stick with this to the the end there. So Fouché, I believe, or Fouchette. Um, meets uh, meets an end uh, at the hand of Will Smith because of the light shiny in uh, Martin Lawrence's face. Yeah, um, let's ignore the matte finish of the gun. They, <laughs> uh, so he saved his life, um, saved Martin Lawrence's life. So he's he comes out on top here. He was elevated uh, in this potentially, I guess, for the the sequel, um, which is a vehicle for Will Smith at the end of the day. This isn't it. They've you've literally gotten him from one place to another as as an action star, uh, Martin Lawrence the star, but you know we know what it's all about. Um, so anyway, these two love each other, um, and then Martin Lawrence handcuffs Will Smith to Tia Leone and then goes home to for for quality time. Again, this this joke endures to the end of the movie. He has to make love to his wife to make it all right again. I get that message. He wants a fourth child. Um, and to reconcile, that's what this is about. It's about birthing a new chapter in his life. Or it's all about getting your hole. I don't know what the, what the, the overarching theme was. He was tense. Is that it? The whole film, he, he was tense. right leg to make love to his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Can I also say as well, like um, Martin Lawrence, if someone had just given him one lesson on how you fake drive a car... He was on highways, he was in fast cars, but still, that little shaky left to right, high, each hand moving uh, and not looking at the road at any point really bothered me through the whole film and laughing at the fact that Will Smith, that one of his lines towards him was, this is how you drive. Um, and even then, he probably didn't know, but I, that's one of my pet hates in films is when you see somebody clearly on a rig, but they, they don't know what to do with their hands. I don't know if it's just bad acting or uncomfortableness or a kind of tick. But the, and if you're a driver, you'll know you don't shake your hands from left to right when you're driving down a straight road. But hey, that's just me. Hey, not, I, I like to notice details that don't matter. Um, moving on. So that's Bad Boys, uh, a smash hit. So made $141.4 million, um, presumably worldwide, um, on a $19 million budget. So tick if, uh, if it's to get Will Smith over and then make some money. Mission accomplished. What we th- what were you thinking about Bad Boys and the overall scheme of things? This was a weird one because it was it was so stupid. It was so insanely stupid. Moments where I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But I was enjoying myself, and it was such a pure joy that as a sad as a sad old man, and I'm sure Tim's going to follow up with a similar sad response, which is in this 1995 most ridiculous, absolute, full on fast food no nutrition i felt fuller than i've ever been at all in a long while yep i it just enjoy the fact that movies used to be like that where it was just sparkle sparkle bang bang like basically from the get-go it's tight action shots with the sounds of luges going up and down shoots uh things being sped up it's very like get your attention keep your attention um yeah who cares if this stuff doesn't line up it looks fantastic and uh yeah it just had a feel to it and a a sort of certain style because i was even thinking that like at one moment where they are 
really harassing a, a, um, a name out of Michael Imperioli's character. Like the, you, you spoke about it earlier. I was thinking this is like such a stupid scene, but um, they wouldn't be capable of making this now. You know, like the feel of it even was still better than damn near most everything that comes out now uh, for that action thing. It still had that old action movie feel to it. But, you know, to answer your first question, I think to say any more than that would be too much. Michael Bay, directorial um, debut. How's he done here? I thought he was good. I thought the direction was good in this film. Um, and there was moments that were oddly like a Terrence Malick film. Um, and if I don't know if you'll know what I mean by that. Like, um, he's recently done some slightly kind of sort of reverie-type films, where, like ones like The Knight of Cups, and it, it, almost all of it looks like a kind of Calvin Klein commercial, if that makes sense. <laughs> a lot of really sweeping shots. He did The Tree of Life, I think, as well, was another one of his. Um, and there's bits in this movie that actually kind of like speak to that. There's um, a chase scene through a photo shoot with a guy who's totally not put off of his portrait shooting game at all by guns and people running through. Um, did you notice that? There's like models and stuff on a roof. Yeah, that was a ridiculous scene. But Close like, up of a Hasselblad camera and yeah. the, guy, the guy just leaning down into it, even once everything's kicked off. Odd, really well, odd, but I loved it. If you actually watch closely, the, I don't know if the French actor just got a little too handsy, but when they're going down the stairs, it's either Tia Leone or the stunt actress wipes out onto her knees on the stairs and it looks like the most painful thing ever like they bend back so if you go back and watch that chase scene it's either the actress or the stunt woman just loses her foot and, and her, her knees basically scrape down the stairs like and her ankles are behind her it's horrible but that's what i remember from the scene uh, but i do remember that weird chase scene through a uh, very white photo shoot the acting i mean martin lawrence is doing martin lawrence things t leone thought she was in a different film where she needed to be drunk the whole way through and uh, Will Smith was just, he was in the infancy of that, basically what he did for every film. Like, it just seemed like his character, Jay, uh, from Men in Black, it seemed like him in every other action film he's in, Too Cool for School, Put on the Sunglasses, Say a Line, but less comedy than the other ones. But yeah, and the, the French guy must have thought he was in like Reservoir Dogs or something. He was too intense for this film, and it was just... A really weird, and then you've got the guy from Becker. The uh, he's also was he Mocha Joe from uh, Caribbean Enthusiasm, who's looked the same for twenty odd years. As much as he's got a really odd, dumpy little face, he's pretty much the same, like exact haircut he played, and face. Uh, Chet, the uh, the door, the the receptionist, of yeah. the, the apartment, another suite, the expensive another apartment suite. Yeah, another thing as well. He's kind of he would have been in an action film. He would have been the comic relief, but you've got Martin Lawrence in the main role, so it's kind of. It's an odd dynamic to have a character like that. He's the silly guy. Um, and yeah, and then just Joe, Joe Pantoliano, he's just, uh, yeah, I could watch him all day. I just think he's, he's absolutely fantastic. And he just does that. Oh, I'm going to go all in. doesn't matter what I'm doing. Because he's never like stupid in a film. He's always just kind of ill-fitting in some films. And he just kind of plays the same character. Because Memento, he's, he's in that. And he's just kind of, he just looks exactly like this character. So I just thought he's maybe, this is a years later, but... He just must have thought that wig must have looked really good. 
so I'll keep it for another film because that hairstyle does that does nothing for him. So that was uh, Blast Rom's trip to the movies, Bad Boys. Who knows what great musician starring film we'll cover next? Until next time, something clever, Bad Boys related. I'm drawing a blank here. Um, we are bad boys. <laughs> <laughs>